Welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we take a deeper look into this week's teaching. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Take. I'm sitting here with Pastor James. Pastor, how are you, man? What's up, man? You doing all right? Doing great. What's up? Have a good morning. It was a pretty good morning. That's good. That's good. you work out? Uh, Not this morning. Maybe later. Hit it this afternoon? Maybe later. I got you, man. Grind don't stop. Yeah. Getting kids ready for school and... Eagle school? Yep. It was a little chilly this morning. It It was a little cold this morning. So I was like, well, it'll it'll warm up a little more this afternoon, so it'll probably be better. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I heard it's been high of 50-something today, so that's fine. Yeah, Um, better than 30-something. How's Eagle School? It's pretty good. Piper loving it? Mm Mm-hmm. Was she ready to go back? Kind of. She liked it, but I think it was kind of like a little nervous again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I kind of like being at home, so, but anyway. I mean, that's how I felt coming back today, I'll be honest. (laughs) Had 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 a weird couple weeks. We were in the office on a Tuesday, half day Wednesday, and we go home for two weeks in a row. So glad to be back uh, every day this week. As weird as that is to say, uh, yeah, for sure. I know for you probably it, it's a lot easier to to study and do things like that whenever big holidays aren't happening. Yeah. So yeah, speaking for of sure. holidays, did y'all have a good Christmas and New Year's? Everything we did, we did. It was uh, a little lower key, but it was good. Yeah, relaxful. What about y'all? Y'all were pretty good. Yeah, it was good, man. We uh. Just hung out, really. Ate probably more than we should have, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, did you smoke anything good? I did. I've been uh, smoking. I've done some hams, Ooh. brisket, did some chicken yesterday. Um, so that's just trying fun. to just get better at it. That's a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Jeez. Well, uh, man, um, Sunday was a fun sermon. Um, in all seriousness, I think it was a great sermon to start off a new year. Um, a great sermon to really kind of pull our perspective in. Um, I think that you always hear like first of the year sermons of like, Hey, this year we're going to this and this and this and this and this and this. And like coming out of the gate, like your title Sunday was the cost of living sent. And so not the typical first of the year sermon that I think we usually hear. Yeah, uh, and, and I knew it probably wouldn't be, um, you know, because usually it's and not not that the message wasn't encouraging or anything, but you know, it's like, but I, I mean, to me that was kind of my uh, or kind of afterward was like I don't think there could be a better idea of of entering into a new year with the call to like, hey, remain faithful to Jesus this year. Yeah. Um, no matter what you face, it could be persecution, pandemic, whatever, just remain faithful to him and he's worthy for us to remain faithful to him. So, uh, you know, I was, you know, that was kind of my thing, thinking through it of like, man, if we could go through this year and recognize that Jesus is worthy of everything, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know of a better thing we could dwell on, think on yeah, and do this year, you know, than that. Absolutely. So, jumping into some questions, um, why is it important that we use discernment and we are kind as we interact? Well, I think you know he he talks about you know being what is shrewd or as wise as a serpent, and so I think there's a level of you know when dealing with people, especially that they're in kind of what he says, like there are people that are wolves, there are people that will seek to twist what you say. There will be people that people that will seek to destroy you martyr you imprison you and so there has to be some level of discernment of of knowing hey when do i need to say things when do i not need to say things when i need to press in when do i don't and so i think there always has to be a level of using wisdom of how we um 
interact with people, just knowing that there are people that are evil. And so just in wisdom in that, but then in balancing that, there could be, you know, that he tells us to be as, you know, uh, like doves, gentle and kind. And so you see that also out throughout Scripture. Um, I know we talked about our home group of, you know, the Sermon Mount we dealt with about praying for those who persecute you, um, doing good to those, don't return evil for evil, but good to evil. Uh, being kind toward people. And so I think there's, you know, Jesus after of like, hey, look, this is going to happen to you. But in this, like, don't be a jerk. You know, like if people are going to persecute, let it be because of Jesus, not because you're a jerk or because you're abrasive or because you're not using wisdom and grace in what you say. Um, let it be, you know, if they're going to do it, let it be because of your alignment with Jesus. Um, but in how you, your character and how you operate, be sure to be kind and gentle. You know, and, and of course you see that in, like, I was reading some, uh, I can't remember, um, I was reading stuff about some martyrs, like, in the first century. And that was one of the things people said is, like, their goal was never, like, rebellion against the emperor. Like, there's, like, documents that, that they were written were, like, hey, let's let's pray for them. Let's pay our taxes. Let's do this thing. But, like, at the end of the day, we're not going to bow our knee to the emperor because he doesn't deserve, our, you know, like, that's to Christ only. And so you see that, like this level of like, it was never about rebellion or starting up these, um, you know, these rebellion type things toward the emperor or whatever. But it was like, hey, let's let's be, let's live, a, of course, what is Paul, let's live a quiet life. Let's live, mm-hmm. you know, let's do it in a way that displays the character of Jesus, humble, uh, gentle, um, not being abrasive, not trying to stir up, you know, fights and that kind of stuff. So I think I think it's a good thing to remember. Um, even as we, you know, I know our persecution here is different, but I think as we deal with people, maybe people that, that hate Christianity or want to be argumentative or whatever, you know, treat people with grace, being kind, being gentle, you know, how we answer people. So, I, I think that's important to see that it's it's not about defiance. It's more so just standing for, for what you believe in. And so I think, I mean, you see that in First Peter too. Peter tells us, honor the emperor. I mean, like, so it was never like a, you know, buck the system and all these things. Like, it was mainly just remain faithful to Christ and, again, honor. Yeah, and I think there's a level of, like, hey, lead a quiet life. Don't, don't. But at a level, you see also these, that the way that many of these people, especially the first, second century, you know, the way they, but when it push came to, you know, shove, when they were confronted with is that they stood with courage of, like, hey, we want to be a good citizen, but at the same time, if you're asking me to bow my knee to Caesar or to the I emperor, do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do that because I'm not. My allegiance is to Christ. It's not to this this nation or Rome or whatever it was. And so I think it's a good word for us just to be reminded of like, hey, let's, in, in, in places we can be kind, submissive, you know, until it gets to the point of where it's like, you know, like Shadrach, Michigan, Benigo of like, you now need to bow before my idols. Like, I can't do that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I want to be cooperative in things, but at some level, like, I can't do that any longer because now what you're asking me to do would betray my allegiance to Christ. You know, so I think I think in some of that, I think the natural rub is as humans because we've been told, you know, you know, put your heels in the ground and and stand up for yourself. I think the natural rug, rub there is, well, doesn't that just make me a doormat until a certain point? And, I mean, would you have anything to say to that of, of more so of speaking and, and saying, you know, this is what Jesus has called us to do, live this kind of lifestyle 
it doesn't mean that you're just a pushover. It doesn't mean anything like that. Yeah. Well, I think, it, and, and of course, there is a level that we want to we want to stand our ground on what we believe for sure. But I think in some level, this idea of being a doormat, you know, maybe it's more of that we, we're prideful and more worried yeah. about our ego and our and so we have to be feel like we're right or we're proving ourselves when it's like the whole goal and proving ourselves. The whole goal is being faithful to Christ. And so at some level people, I mean, well, I mean, we, I think we go to the example of Jesus. Did people treat Jesus as a doormat? Absolutely. But in no way was that showing weakness. Yeah. If anything, I, to me that his willingness and being humble in the midst of that really shows and I think that's one of this idea of like meekness is like strength under control. Yeah. And so I think some level we we maybe flip in the script of like this idea of meekness being gentle. It's not weakness. Actually, that shows a lot of strength from the spirit to be able to in the midst of people accusing you, yelling at you, saying things falsely about you that you know is not true, and yet you being able to have strength under control in those moments. I think displays the character of Christ. I mean that we see that example in Christ, and so. I think for us there's a um, hard, and that's why we need the Spirit of God to be able to do that. But I think that's what he's calling for is like in the midst of you doing this to display the same character that Christ re- resembles, you know. For sure. Um, one of your um, principles that you gave us was that um, we need to remain faithful. How can we practically remain faithful? Well, some level I think there's – um, go into our two points of application, and I know we may dig into those a little bit, but I think in order to remain faithful, I think there has to be a thing of like we view Christ as the most worthy thing, that he is the most worthy thing in our life, Um, to see him as worthy of everything, um, to remain faithful to him in the midst of difficult moments, trials, persecution, even death. Um, So I think the call to remain faithful is the more we look at Jesus, the more we see him, who he is, I think, enables us and helps us to remain faithful. Um, and then kind of the last one, you know, the keeping an internal perspective of realizing this isn't all that matters. Um, this is a short blip of time, and um, I'm not going to trade this life for what's coming in the next. And so I think there has to be a level of, you know, what helps me remain faithful in difficult moments is knowing, like, um, we were talking about, I think, I can't remember who was it, maybe it was... Um, we were talking about in our home group, but like how sometimes it it helps us to be able to endure things when we know there's gonna there's an end in sight, you know. And so knowing that like our suffering or pers- whatever we deal with in this life will end at some point, yeah. And not forgetting eternity of like what awaits us far outweighs whatever we would. Uh, what is I'm trying to think of it right off the top of my head. It's in Second Corinthians, um, but it's almost the idea of like whatever we would go through here pales in comparison to the glory that yeah. waits to be revealed to us. Yeah. Um, this light and momentary affliction is it. producing for us a, a eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, for sure. Yeah, so I think it's that that level. And actually, I think that's in, I'm going to try to pull up right here, Second Corinthians. Um, I believe it's 4. And so, of course, actually, yeah, he starts out and he says, um, he repeats it twice, but he says, we do not lose heart. Yep. Um, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll just read it. For the listeners out there. There you go. Um, just so they don't, aren't looking it up. But I like how he says this. So he says, So we do not lose heart, though our outward self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things which we see are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So it's that same, I think 
Paul's saying the same thing of like, get an eternal perspective in this whole thing. We don't lose heart because what really matters is eternity. And so what, what uh, well, and what he calls light momentary affliction for him is getting beaten, left for dead, shipwrecked, imprisoned. I don't know if we would consider that light. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that seems I like extreme. Pretty, I feel like that's pretty heavy. But, he, but he's saying, like, in comparison to what we will receive mm, in glory, it good. is light. You know, so I think that's, I think that's in some way what he's calling them to in us is that's how you cannot lose heart and remain faithful is think about eternity, you know, and what, what awaits you. Absolutely. So one of the, the application points you had was we get to a point where we have an eternal perspective. How can we start living with an eternal perspective? Because I, I think that, you know, it's, that's like a, it's a bumper sticker kind of saying, and yeah. it's great. Yeah, but how sure. can we really kind of move our hearts and move our minds to a point where we live with that kind of perspective? I think there has to be a certain level of well, what is what does Paul say in Ephesians uh, that we would be renewed in the spirit of our minds, and so I think we need our mindsets changed of praying, um, be transformed um, by the renewing of our minds. I think he says it in maybe Ephesians four and then Romans twelve. You know, that same idea of, of that we need our minds reset and we need the Spirit of God to help us to, to have. Because I, I think that's a lot of it. And even what we read in Colossians 4 you know, or 3, you know, about sit, don't set your mind on the things of this earth. Set your mind on the things above where your life is. And so I think there's level of prayer, there's level of, of why we need to read the Word, why we need to be in prayer, is those things help us get our minds in the right frame of mind for realizing, hey, like there's... There's like this prayer book that I've been doing, and in one of it's just reading certain scriptures. Like, okay, all this is about Jesus, and remembering like it's about your glory, it's about your, you know. So, I think through scripture, through prayer, um, you know, starting every day at some point during your day, early in the morning, late at night, just I think it needs this refocusing, renewal of our minds, you know, so that we're not looking to the things of just the earth. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Well, uh, man, moving to our last question uh, of of the day, the Know Your Pastor portion of the podcast. Um, pastor James, if you could only have one thing to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Are we saying that um, would calories count? Like, Oh, no, there's uh, you just you. It's a perfect world. <laughs> there's Dang. there's no fall. There's no, there's nothing. There, there's just one thing you want to eat for the rest of your life. What would it be and why? No calories don't count. Nothing like that. Probably, it's hard. That's but I'm doing two things. Probably burger and fries. Ooh, that's a good call. Probably. I mean, I love barbecue. Like I was thinking, bar- like some type of meat or barbecue because that's hard to beat too. Um, I love a good burger and fries, so I think, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things going through my head right now, but I mean, it. I mean, I'm. It's hard to go wrong with a good burger and fries. Really is there is. anywhere that you would say, and it would be from here? Mm, I don't know, cause it's all different. I don't know. Currently, if I'm making it at home, to me the burger, the go-to burger for me right now is like a smash burger. Smash burgers are fantastic. So I think if I'm making it on my own, you know, but every burger, I, you know, 
Um, well, I will say this. I think they maybe brought it back. They were doing it at the food truck. It's at Paris Restaurant, and then they do it at their the their food truck, but their double-double from there was pretty amazing. It's good. And it's like a smash burger type, so something like that. I mean, but, I mean. I feel like that's a good choice, too, because, like, you Like can, a braising burger is good. I mean, I like, like a creamery burger. There's, like, seven places you can go right now to get a burger. Even, like, Dax. Dax, I mean, it didn't, like, flashy or anything, but the other day, like, we could not decide what we were going to eat, and it was right before, because we're, since New Year, we're going to try to start eating better again, get back on eating good. You know, it's Sunday over, night. It's overrated. Yeah, for sure, no <laughs> doubt. But I was like, all right, I got and of course, and I understand that it could be all kind of things we could get, but we were just like couldn't. And finally, I was like, "Look, I'm just gonna call Dax and get a burger." There you and go. it's like not. I mean, is it the best burger Monday? Probably not, but it's a burger, and I, I like burgers. I and think so. I think that honestly, there's probably other answers out there. In my opinion, burger and fries would be the best because you can get a super well done, not well done, but like a done well a yeah. burger that's like gourmet with really nice fries, or Probably my really personal greasy. favorite is like that gas station that's the last gas station for like a hundred miles, and it's just like a burger that's greasy and like you you know it's not going to be great for you, yeah. but I think that that's the best one. I mean, it, and no shame. I mean, a double quarter pounder with cheese is great. You know they call a that Sonic. A, you know they call that a Royale with cheese. Yeah, that's right. In in England, what a burger. I, I mean, we just list down all the way. We really could. I could. I could do bur- so burger and fry. It's a. <laughs> I think you've changed my mindset on this because I was always like steak and baked potato, but burger and fry may be better. It yeah, and I guess be if better. you want to go, you know, a little healthier, don't eat the bun. You know, <laughs> if, if we got to go that you way, could technically, and just say, hey, no, I'm good on the fries today. Yeah, that's but, it. Yeah, yeah, burger and fries. Well, man, that makes this. sense. Well, good, to, good to know. And oh. if anybody out there has a good burger recipe, holler at us. We'll. Uh, I'll make anything. I'll, I'll try anything. So, well, man, thanks for sitting down and answering some questions. Um, like we said, this is a, I think this is a good place to start for a new year. Um, see that Jesus is worthy and, and start living with that eternal perspective. Um, and thank you for your faithfulness to, to preach hard texts. And thank you for listening to another episode of Tuesday Take. <laughs>